listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This podcast is not approved for CME credit. Every diabetes treatment plan is different. Individual results may vary. Nothing you hear on this podcast should be considered medical advice. All claims are supported by clinical evidence referenced in the show notes. For clinical study results, please refer to Dexcom G6 User Guide. For product-related questions, please refer to the instructions for use. For complete safety information, go to Dexcom.com forward slash safety hyphen information. Smart devices are sold separately. For a list of compatible smart devices, visit Dexcom.com forward slash compatibility. Finger sticks required for diabetes treatment decisions if symptoms or expectations do not match readings. Data from collaborator devices and products may be verified by those collaborator devices and products. Users should confirm data in connections with their collaborator devices and products. Welcome to Real Time Real Talk, a Dexcom podcast dedicated to pharmacists and other healthcare professionals on the front lines helping people thrive who live with diabetes. Dexcom is the leading developer of real-time, continuous glucose monitoring, also known as RTCGM, and other digital technologies to better manage diabetes. Real-time CGM provides critical glycemic metrics for physicians, pharmacists, and diabetes specialists to act upon to help their patients live with as much freedom as possible. Dexcom empowers people to take control of diabetes through innovative, continuous glucose monitoring. Real-Time Real Talk is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. For more information on all Dexcom technologies, products, and services, please visit Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Real-Time Real Talk. I'm your host, Cher Pastore. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the use of continuous glucose monitoring in patients living with type 2 diabetes. And we have an amazing guest speaker on today. He's actually another one of our favorites here at Dexcom. His name is Scott Urquhart, and he is a physician assistant based out of Virginia. And Scott is really kind of an expert in this area in terms of managing diabetes and helping primary care physicians learn how to use continuous glucose monitoring and learn how to implement continuous glucose monitoring in their practice. So welcome, Scott. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to do these podcasts and the recordings that we have, opportunity to kind of spend time with our colleagues and educate them. Again, my name is Scott Arcart. I'm an endocrinology PA in Fredericksburg, Virginia, working out of Diabetes and Thyroid Associates. I've been here for the last 25 years. I have two um, academic affiliations with two uh, PA school um it with two university PA schools. And then I'm the founder and chair of the Metabolic and Endocrine Disease Summit, which is a biannual NPPA uh, endocrine meeting in which we talk a lot about diabetes management and uh, the utilization of CGM. So what was a great opportunity throughout the year to educate our colleagues? Scott, how did you get interested in this, either diabetes or continuous glucose monitoring? Do you remember how you started? Yeah, so... Um, the short answer is when I went to PA school, I was pretty convinced that I was going to either do uh, emergency medicine or cardiothoracic surgery. And into my uh, into my didactic phase into clinical medicine, I we were you know going through endocrinology, and I found a strong interest. And it's interesting because back in '93, um, we didn't have 
anything like we have now in diabetes. So I, back then, if it was this much information, I'd probably be overwhelmed. Um, so I, I really, uh, endocrinology is what I had desired after my first year of PA school before I started doing my clinical rotations. The second part of your question is how do I get involved or interested in you know, CGM. Well, in endocrinology, you know, you're constantly being bombarded by by data, by cardiovascular outcome trials, by diabetes trials. And, uh, you know, you really have to stay on top of your game if you want to do the best that you can for your patients. It's rapidly evolving. There are 13 classes of diabetes agents. You know, we've gone from, you know, finger sticks that, you know, it took five minutes to get the glucose value to 10 seconds to five seconds. And the evolution, the evolution of, of CGM has just um, turned uh, made major turnarounds in diabetes care and has honestly has simplified and and allowed me to really direct my care much faster and efficiently. So it's it's almost it's hard to think of not using CGM and practicing uh, with diabetes patients. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. So what I, what I was in practice as a registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist before I joined Dexcom, and I had quite similar experience. Um, so it's almost 10 years ago with the G4, the Dexcom G4. I'm sure you know about that product. Absolutely. And so that was when I felt was a really game changer. And almost all my patients were on the G4. And it, I found after a while of using it, it was hard to look at glucose logs or manage yeah. diabetes without having that product. Yeah, I, I agree. And you think of the evolution, you know, with G4 and then how the systems got set up and then there was then then to do finger stick blood sugars with them. And then you go to G5 and then you ultimately land at G6. It, it just gets better and easier um, as you as you navigate through with diabetes management. And again, it just makes so much more sense to manage our patients with CGM versus finger stick blood sugars because that information is immediate and it's real. It's it's very accurate. So we're definitely going to take a deeper dive into that in a, in a few minutes. We're going to see how CGM really has helped you change uh, managing patients in your practice. But before we get into that part, if we can just help our listeners understand, you know, so say a primary care physician is either interested in starting to use continuous glucose monitoring in their practice. Uh, either with type one patients or type two, but say we focus on type two today, do you think there is some maybe hesitancy there? And if you think there's a hesitancy for a clinician to start using continuous glucose monitoring in this setting, can you talk about where you think some of the reluctancies might be? Yeah, that's... um. This is always a great discussion. It's 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 very similar, in fact, if we think about the the barriers to insulin utilization, right? We have clinician barriers and then we have patient barriers. But what I would say when it comes a lot of times to starting insulin, I think there's more barriers and reluctancies in the patients than there are in the clinicians. I would say it's a little different here because um, when you look at uh, when you look at CGM and you know when we talk about Dexcom G6, for example. I think there's more barriers and the reluctancies in the clinicians and clinician offices than there are in the patients because the patients come and say, hey, how about that thing that, that reads my glucose value all the time? How do I get my hands on one of those? So they come in a lot of times asking for it. See, the easy part in most cases is getting the system and using the system. The challenges comes into is what do we do when we get all of that data? How do we interpret it? And how do we put into meaningful clinical practice? Now that falls back into the clinicians. So maybe the reluctancies um, 
when the clinicians are the practices. And I think it comes down to really with the clinician, it's the need to gain the understanding and functionality of the specific technology such as CGM. You know, becoming well-versed allows us to provide expert advice and direction to our patients and helping them appreciate how CGM can improve glycemic control and outcomes. You know, other things is not having a good handle on what the CGM options are on the utilizations, not knowing how to interpret the continuous glucose monitoring, the AGP, the ambulatory glucose profile uh, data, you know, quickly and accurately so you're not getting behind in your patients. You know, really it's about becoming familiar and proficient and consistent you know, with the interpretation that really gives us a level of comfort. So that's what we have to really put in place is to make sure, you know, when you start using them, when you get good at interpreting CGM, your your patient uh, visits are so much more streamlined. So I think we have to really kind of navigate our around um, getting clinicians more comfortable with the understanding what's available utilization. You know, and and I, I don't mean to say this is that, that endocrinology should be giving anything up, but you know, type two diabetes management, about 80% of the patients are managed by primary care and about 20% by us roughly. You could almost argue that it's a type two, di- that it's a really a primary care disease that has assistance from endocrinology. And I never want any clinician to think that CGM is somehow only set in pace or is set as a standard for those in endocrinology and diabetes specialty care. Yes. So let's see if we can help some of our listeners out there get started. So I went through the same exact thing in my practice. I had to do, I had to get started. I had to figure out where do I, you know, get this product? How do I look at the data? So can you give some advice to say a primary care clinician who has not used a CGM or maybe just talk about your experience of how you did get started using this in your practice? Yeah, um, much like anything else, when something of technology and newly introduced into your practice, you're always going to have a little bit of reluctance because you don't have any experience and you're trying to figure out how to get started. You know, in an endocrine practice, yeah, we're probably better set because, you know, we could actually get representatives and, you know, medical specialists to come in and give us a little bit of guidance to these new um, devices and technologies that are available. But I think really first and foremost, is you have to make sure you have a workflow that's created in your practice. So everybody kind of knows what they're doing. So it, it, let, let's just say that um, in our practice, you know, we have various sources. We can use you know, Dexcom G6 professional uh, devices, or we can use personal devices. And you know, the first thing we have to do is we have to get comfortable with the system, how the system operates, how do we upload data, and then how do we either print it out or put it in EMR and then learn how to interpret this information. And that has to become a very, very smooth workflow. So when it starts in, we start off with doing a few per week, for example. So everybody's on the same page, nobody's getting overwhelmed. And then by that time, the more that you use them, the better you get. You're so much more efficient at, at looking at this information that you're, you know, in our practice with two of us practicing here, you know, we're probably interpreting eight to 15 of these per day. And this is each and every day of the patients that are here and present, not including the ones that we get through the cloud when we're looking at stuff when they're not in practice. So it's really just understanding that there's a lot to gain as a clinician and there's really a lot to offer our patients in improved glycemic outcomes. Um, you know, improved care. And really, I like to get away from the, by knowing that learning this and doing this decreases the diabetes burnout and distress for my patients. 
Good. We'll talk about that in a little bit in a few minutes also. Um, but I will say once you kind of learn, get over the learning curve, get it into your practice, it's very easy. And reading these reports can become it's quick and it will also become like secondhand, just like learning anything else. So I really do want to encourage our listeners if they are interested in getting just to kind of get started, uh, reach out to us at Dexcom if they feel, you know, um, that they need some help and support there. So Scott, let's talk about, you know, now you've been treating diabetes for over 25 years. Um, so, and you alluded to it a little bit before, but can you tell us more about how this technology has helped you in your practice or help you manage your patients? Like, in terms of, does it save you any time? Does it give you more insight into glucose readings? Just tell us how using CGM in practice has changed uh, how you treat your patients with diabetes. Yeah, so that's yes, yes, and absolutely. Um, you know, when, you know, seeing the number of patients we see per day with diabetes and other endocrine diseases, and then a lot of them are complex, we all know what it feels like to be running behind and then how are we going to catch up? But then you look at what in your day um, is is continually uh, you know, making or allowing you to get behind in your patient care, and it's usually a lack of information. So when we have lack of information, it takes us more time to make a good decision, a safe decision, the right decision, and whether it's you know removing an agent, adding an agent, or titrating an agent. So when I look at CGM in practice, and I think what it's done is that, again, workflow sets in. I go to see the patient. My nurse has already, you know, um, uploaded the, the Dexcom AGP, so the inventory glucose profile. I look at it before I walk in the room while the A1C is running simultaneously in six minutes. When I walk in, I have already looked at the AGP have a perspective or an insight to what I need to do. And now I need to really just get my dialogue with the patient, those final components that I don't see clear that I need further understanding on. And usually my interpretation is probably done in about two minutes, literally about two minutes. And then it leaves me the rest of my time to talk about, hey, here's where we are. This is what's going well. Some of these other things don't seem to be going as well. Let's look at your AGP together, and maybe you can help me understand so we can decide together whether it's lifestyle changes that we need to consider or medication changes. And then I can also show them the A1C at the same time and say, look, your A1C was 8.0, but your last two weeks tells me that your A1C would be about a 7.0. So clearly you've made some great changes in the past month, and the AGP is what's actually showing us that information. So it, it really puts a – instead of walking in the room and saying, what are you doing or not doing right, I can walk in and praise them and encourage them and empower them with the data I have that they don't even know yet. So there is a nice way of setting that tone for a positive visit when you first walk in. And I think the reality is um, there might be somewhat of a misconception that this takes a lot of time, but I think really once you get it up and going, as you just said, it really saves you time. It saves you time in how you're going to help the patient. It saves you time in your office visit. And, um, and I think there's a reimbursement component to it as well, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, but I do just want to reiterate. So you think that this could be easily implemented into a primary care setting. Is that correct? Yeah, without question. 
I mean, if you have an understood workflow and you have maybe an endocrine practice or even, you know, some of the the representatives can come through, they're, they're full of great information because I call in offices all day long that are using CGM. I think anytime you start something new and it says technology and there's there's multiple layers to it, it seems a little overwhelming at first. But in the offices that I've worked with and gotten them to use CGM, again, they're like me. You know, they, they, they would find it very difficult to practice um, efficiently um, without having it. And it's, and it's not very hard. And I guess it depends on what device you're going to do. The thing that makes it appear most difficult is I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this report. And I think that's the biggest thing we get. So they look at the AGP report and they go, oh, my gosh, this is much more challenging to read than a simple EKG. And they say, look, there's three sections to it and you can cut the sections very easily. I can generally teach a colleague how to understand, interpret in the meaningfulness of an AGP in literally about five minutes. If it seems that there's more of a challenge to it and they go, I just want more, I just need more. There is a, I mean, there is a um, organization that I refer many, many clinicians to. It's called the Study of Improved Glucose Monitoring and Assessment called SIGMA. S-I-G-M-A. And it's easy. You can find this website at www.cgmonitoring.net. And what that really offers um, on that particular format is there are lectures on reimbursement. Um, one of my, and I'm not trying to promote myself anyway here, um, but there is, uh, we actually have uh, a few um, presentations done for primary clinicians. They were designed for that reason to walk through how do we start it, what products are available. What is an AGP? How do we interpret it? Now let's look at cases where the AGP is actually implemented, and this is how we use it as a decision-making tool. Great. So can you tell us um, how you're using Dexcom in your office? Like okay. which products are you using? And um, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And that's another thing that people say, and I, and I mentioned this to you earlier, sure, that one of our challenges is we don't know what products are available, which ones we should use, which one's applicable to my office. So I'll, I'll speak to the fact that um, the Dexcom G6 has three options there. And, and, you know, when we look at when we look at CGM, it's kind of interesting. So I say that, you know, the CGM data is continuous but it has a way of being used intermittently, you know, versus continuous. So if you use it intermittently, you might just use one of the types of um, options that help, uh, in the uh, Dexcom G6 Pro, and that's a 10-day in which the office owns it. So even though it's continuous, you might choose to use this one just intermittently. And it allows you to really, you know, obtain the most accurate information versus someone who's using a G6, a Dexcom G6 personal in which the information is continuous and they're running it, you know, end on end. So I would say in our clinical practice, we use a lot of personal uh, CGM, lots and lots, but I probably use as much, if not more, of the Dexcom G6 Pro. The pro means, the professional part of it, means that it is really owned, operated, and managed by the practice. You know, we actually purchase um, the readers so we can upload that 10-day data. We purchase the sensors that we have. So when the patients come in, I have an option that day that they're in there. If I need data, they have lack of 
you know, um, BGM, so their blood glucose monitoring is very limited. There's no dates on it. I don't know the times. And I'm kind of left guessing. I'm kind of left throwing darts in the dark to make my decision about what's best for this patient. And to be honest with you, I'm just not comfortable doing that. And I'm not comfortable just using the A1C anymore because I've really had my head turned quite a bit going, wow, I'm glad I didn't do that based on the A1C. And the A1C is great, but there are limitations. So Dexcom G6 Pro, we do it blinded or unblinded. If I put on a Dexcom G6 Pro, I ask my nurse, she'll go in, will you put the sensor on them, you know, get them started up, and then let's bring them back in 10 to 14 days. We'll upload the information, we'll have a visit, and we'll run through it. Blinded means I put it on them, they go home, they do their normal life, they're basically blinded to the information, it's still gathering data up to 288 values per day. They come back in, 10 to 14 days, we have a nice sit down, I upload it, and we actually look at this profile together. And it is amazing how much eye-opening experience they get. Now, the same one can be also used in an unblinded version. So you can put the same sensor on them, but now they'll need, have to use a compatible smartphone device. And in this particular case, they'll have to download the Dexcom app and the Clarity app. And once we get them set up in the office, this is almost like being able to test drive the car for real for 10 days, because within two hours, they're going to see all the data coming through. They can start assessing how things are going. It's almost like having GPS and a speedometer within two hours, and you're guaranteed to use this for the next 10 days. So now they're able to document particular things, start changing behavior, medication, dosing, whatever may be not in line, and bring them back as well into 10 to 14 days, and we sit down and we have that same discussion again. So blinded, they don't see, unblinded, they get to see and review, and I still bring them back for that discussion. Now I can also make more meaningful changes in lifestyle, medications, et cetera. The other option that's very, very similar to the, the Dexcom G6 Pro unblinded is the Hello Dexcom, and that's basically we receive, we receive samples um, from Dexcom, and the Hello Dexcom is very, very similar to that D G6 Pro Unblinded, what they put it on and they can utilize it. You don't have to own um, the readers when using Hello Dexcom, but you do have to have a compatible smartphone device so you can get the Clarity app and the Dexcom app to use it. For me, I can use those at a snap or use them all the time. I can put them on quickly, get the information. I can do it between visits. Um, I can make a lot of decisions. I just It's just so nice to have, instead of expecting them to do finger stick blood sugars six, eight, 10 times a day, I can get glucose values from these devices for 10 days straight. And then after that, you would possibly put someone on a G6 personal. Oh, absolutely. So if they have the G6 personal, um, sometimes I'll use it as a, what I call as a bridge. So I know, for instance, they come in to see me, they're already on basal insulin, they're on prandial insulin. So they're already on multiple dose insulin or, you know, intensive, uh, intensive insulin therapy. And I will get them um, on the device as I'm sending in a prescription. So typically my bridge will last by the time it comes in, they've already been able to use the device. I will tell you this, rarely do I have to put this device on someone to make sure they're comfortable wearing something. When I tell them, what is it go? What are we waiting for? Let's get it done. Like they're more interested than I am a lot of times. So it, it's not like wearing an, uh, an insulin pump, for example, where it's a little bit different, right? So this one here is giving in the information. And I think the direct to consumer really paints a nice picture when you look 
at like the commercials when Dexcom commercials come out and they see these commercials, it's almost, um, it's almost the question is, well, why don't I have this already when they come in? So I think it's great for personal coming in. Um, they can also get the experience and those, some patients are saying, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to have this. If I put on the Dexcom G6 Pro unblinded, they really like that when it makes that transition. In fact, if they're doing that, they're seeing the data, they're calling me on the third or fourth day going, okay, send it in because they have that information. So I think it's a great tool, um, you know, to have as I call it for that bridge as well. Oh my God, Scott, talk about G6 professional, you're a professional. You are so, <laughs> gosh, you really have this down. Um, tell us and our listeners two things. I think first, how were you in your practice able to overcome some of these barriers, either the barriers of you didn't know if it would be covered through health insurance or again, the barrier of time or just the barrier of maybe learning, just a few of those things, again, how you overcame it. Yeah, I think, you know, overcoming these things at first is really just having a methodical approach to how we're going to start and how we're going to kind of start slow and small to make sure, again, how it goes in. So we basically introduce what we're going to do. In fact, when we did the Dexcom G6 Pro, the first thing we said is, look, we can write for personals. We've been using personals, but we need something that I can get that information without expecting the patient to have a, have a personal device. So when we went to get the 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 Dexcom G6 Pro, um, you know, in, in the earlier times, it was hard to get a representative to come out and speak to you about a Pro version. So we called Dexcom. We actually did a virtual. We learned how to do this virtually um, in the office. So we had ordered. We brought them in. And we are we had already known how to interpret, you know, ambulatory glucose profile reports. So that wasn't what was really needed. We understood the physiology and the and the science. What we didn't understand was the workflow, how do we get the devices, you know, how do we how do we create the that Dexcom cloud clinic that's in place? But the representatives were great because they walked in and walked us right through it. So for us, it was just about making sure it was a smooth start and that we're not getting bombarded, I always tell my primary care clinicians, when you start doing this or if using HelloDexcom or G6 Pro, for example, just bring it in and just start implementing it into your practice. Do two or three your first week because once your workflow is established and you are really good at interpreting that report, you can probably do as many as you want to do in a day. Sometimes I have 10 or 12 of these in a day with my patients and I don't ever get any further behind than I would have before. And the reimbursement part, I would say talk to your, your billing department of you know of your uh, of your company because they do have billing codes and, and Dexcom actually shows out these billing codes at 2022 values and so forth there's two major ones two major codes that we use uh, 95250 and that's putting the device on them setting it up calibrating it getting it ready uh, having the patient ready and come back and uploading it and that's that 95250 code then there's a 95251 which is the interpretation of that AGP and you get also reimbursed for the interpretation of that 95251 code. And if they have a personal device, you can also get uh, reimbursed for that 95251 uh, reimbursement code. So, you know, it's, is everything about money? No, no, of course it's not, but endocrinology doesn't have a lot of procedures. We have a lot of labor intensive 
work that we do. And um, it's nice to be reimbursed for our, our investment of time and technologies that improve ultimately patient outcomes. So this does improve patient outcomes. It improves, uh, you know, the, it improves the, the harmony in the clinic that nobody's overwhelmed trying to look at a bunch of, you know, blood sugars and other CGMs that are tying in. So those codes, check with your billing department, 95250-95251 are the codes that we use. And it's, again, it's nice to be able to get reimbursement for the work in which we're doing with our patients. Right. Yes, it's good to get uh, compensated. And also it's helping you, it's helping the patient. And it's really um, a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Scott, so we talked a lot about the ambulatory glucose profile and how it helps you just by seeing some of these things. So tell our listeners about some examples of when you put a continuous glucose monitoring on them and it helped them. Like, did they see, oh my gosh, I didn't know if I ate this, this is what happened to my glucose. Or tell, can you tell us some things that your patients have shared with you? Oh, yeah. That, I, you know, it's almost like I, I need to write all these stories down because it becomes it becomes essentially the norm when they go, oh, my gosh. You know, it's um, it's it's really like a GPS system in a way. Right. Because they can kind of see like, you know, you know, where thing if you look at if you think of like Doppler, you know, um, Doppler radar in the weather. Right. Where was the storm? Where is the storm? Where is it going? And it teaches it how to prepare. But when we look at the the um, the AGP, I mean, it, it really just shows so much information. And when I give an example, so one of my patients, and I'll give you this one because I think of him a lot. So he's a he's a he's a police officer in town, and he works shift work. And you know, he was skipping insulin, and then his you know he would be snacking at work. It's just just a horrible. It's a horrible to keep your life together when your when your schedule is flipped the other way around, and you have diabetes, and you're a patrol officer on the road. So he came in a couple of years ago, and um, I put it actually the I put a uh, Dexcom G6 Pro blinded on him. I just need to convince him that we need to we need to get better control. An A1C of 10.4 is not a good A1C, no matter where you are. And then about a year and a half later, we kept going round and round. A1Cs were always high, you know, nine, 10, 10 half percent. And he came in and he said to me one day, he says, okay, I'm ready to get serious. I said, oh yeah. He says, I'm going to start walking this Saturday and I'm going to be changing my diet going on the structured meal plan. I said, oh, is that right? He said, uh, yeah. I says, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm going to believe you if you believe me. He says, fair enough. And I said, this time I'm going to put that Dexcom G6 Pro I put on you a year and a half ago. I said, are you willing to, you know, do it now? He says, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. I said, fair enough. I said, Dexcom G6 Pro, unblinded, pull out your phone, let me have your phone. I downloaded the two apps for him on his phone when he was here. So he had the Dexcom app and the Clarity app. We put it on him and I said, so now I'm going to give you a share code. I'm going to be able to see your information right away. I said, so I want you to start with this one now. And then I'd like to eventually get your own because he was already on insulin. He qualified for it. I said, but here's the secret. On day five, I get to see what you're doing, even if you don't call me, because he was in the cloud. So, um, you know, on day five, I looked at him. And then when I looked at his AGP report, I told my nurse to go ahead and give that patient a call and just commend him on a success that he's done already. We saw exactly when he promised to start his lifestyle intervention on that Saturday. And he had gone from 10.4 over a three-month period. His A1C was down right around 6.3. You know, and I give an example because we can fix, we can't fix what we can't see. 
And if you empower the patient to fix what they can see, they succeed very, very well. We were able to cut his insulin back by probably half along Kepimona's on a GLP-1 receptor agonist for him. But he has done fabulous. He's that poster child one that says, I'm going to do this. I want it. You just guide me in the direction I need to go. The everyday ones that you see, they said, wow, I'm looking at my CGM. I can't eat that anymore. And I said, why not? This is because when I eat this, my, my glucose value goes up. I said, oh, no, you can eat it. You just need to take insulin for it, you know, if that's what they're on. So the information you get, it's not only just as, as we look at this glucose evaluation. I think the other thing that's helpful, it really is like a, it's like a diet lifestyle surveillance system. It provides you that information. Yeah, I had many similar experiences. You know, I would talk to my patients as a dietitian. I would talk to them about what they were eating and what would happen to their glucose. And for sure, pizza was not a great response many times, Mexican. And they wouldn't really understand. But as soon as I put the continuous glucose monitor on, like I didn't really have to say anything anymore. They were just like, oh, wow, I see it. I get it. And then immediately they changed their behavior. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, a point I would make just to what you're saying is that there's a lot of shame and blame in diabetes. Patients say, I thought you were going to yell at me today. I've been bad. I haven't been doing this. And I always tell them, I said, look, when I, when we put this device on you, please don't shame and blame. This is insight training that we use this for. This is not a report card. This is a, like a glucose surveillance system about everything in our life. So we don't use this to make judgments about ourselves. We use this to gain uh, information, surveillance, and interpretation about our life with diabetes. Yeah, it's just a, another tool in the toolbox. Great. So it sounds like this has been such a useful tool for you in your practice for both you and your patients. So now that we've talked a little bit about where we have been before, right, with blood glucose monitoring, then we've transitioned to continuous glucose monitoring. Where do you think continuous glucose monitoring will be progressing in terms of um, patients living with type 2 diabetes? Yeah. You know, we always put these stipulations and recommendations of where we can use this and, you know, the guidelines to Medicare says three or more injections per day. Yeah. I understand that we have to have some guidance and some recommendations on where it's used. But if you look at the um, American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists, they recommend ongoing CG monitoring for, you know, for specific patients. And the American Diabetes Association has guidance and guidelines for those patients you know, that are on intensive lifestyle insulin, but also may be considered in patients that are just on basal and perhaps basal having hypoglycemia, severe hypoglycemia, hypoglycemia unawareness. I think we really need to individualize our approach to CGM. And I say this because a lot of patients really probably never got tired of doing finger sticks, right? But now they see the option, they go, gosh, I can't imagine going back. You know, I almost think that sometimes that finger stick blood sugars are almost a little bit punitive to get information where when we have, you know, um, Dexcom G6, you know, you're using interstitial glucose and you basically, in, you know, interpreting the information through interstitial glucose and it's it doesn't have... That connotation it allows you to privatize the disease. So what I'm hoping is that we're going to see more ease of use. You know, as we start using more and more the production, I would imagine it would improve through time. You know, hopefully affordability through insurance coverage would come in. I think we need to increase the usefulness, utility. Then it becomes more of an open road, an open realm of utilization. 
And I do believe then you're going to see a lot more primary care using it because it won't seem like it's just a specialty technology at that point. So I, we've, we've seen great improvements already in the past two, three years. And I think we're going to see more and more um, ease of use, if you will. I, I can't imagine if I had diabetes, I can imagine that this would be the tool I would prefer to use, you know? Yes. So I think we're we're close. We're we're getting there. I think a lot of primary care uh, clinicians want to start using this in their practice. So before we wrap up, let's just, if you can, Scott, what would you say are a few tips? Like, say maybe your top three tips that a primary care clinician could do right now to start using this. Yeah. So first, first of all, is just to know what's available on. CGM usage, whether it's personal, but probably I think one of the tips would be implement some professional usage CGM in your practice. So that way you're in control of the flow that happens with putting CGM on, interpreting them, and then getting back in touch with the patient. The first tip is knowing that. The second thing is, is don't procrastinate the first one and start moving forward. So we start using what we want to do. The real tip is that um, I, I would say, and, and, I, and I'll say this slightly, this is very usable by any of our clinicians that have an interest and a desire you know, to treat diabetes. But if you have a passion to treat diabetes, you will use everything at your hands and every tool that's available for the best outcome of your patients. And I would say that really, you know, diabetes care and specifically glucose management can be labor intensive and challenging to both the clinician and the patient. You know, we have 13 classes of diabetes agents. Regular, the regular usage of our CGM system accurately guides us in our treatment decisions to achieve ideal glycemic goals. And then we get greater efficiency, effectiveness, and safety. I, I just, it seems hard not to be merging this direction, you know, of, of where we're going. I, I think the, the three tips is yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. <laughs> love it. I love it. Okay, Scott, is there... Anything else that you would like to say before we close out today's episode? No, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I always really enjoy um, being able to take the expertise that I have in my practice and, and teaching abroad throughout the U.S., you know, to teach about the technologies and making patient care more enjoyable. And the way we make it more enjoyable is having easier ways of, uh, of providing information, simplifying our visits, making more time management gives us really past the medicine and really into the, what we call the healthcare, the caring for the patient, which I really call, you know, medicine's a noun, healthcare is a verb. I enjoy the verb actually, to be honest with you. And I, I do want to thank you for this opportunity uh, to work with you, Cher. Always a pleasure working with you and getting a chance to speak to our colleagues. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for being here today. And we look forward to talking to you again. And we look forward to all of you listeners tuning in again to our next episode. Thank you for tuning in today. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Real Time, Real Talk. Oh, 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 oh,